This is the Hoff Time Report with Idaho Freedom Foundation President Wayne Hoffman, one of Idaho's most respected, influential public policy voices. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I am your loyal host, Wayne Hoffman, and I'm joined, as we are often joined in moments like these, by our Chief Diversity Officer, the Vice President of Idaho Freedom Foundation, Mr. Dustin Hurst. Welcome. So I'm sorry, was I supposed to use Mr. or was I? So we're still doing that, huh? Did, did, <laughs> did, Chief, <laughs> Chief Diversity Officer, that's that's great, fantastic. Well, whenever we have to deal with um, uh, people who are victims of their own misconduct, I tend to bring you back here so we yes. can talk about it. Actually, this time I've been looking forward to uh, having a conversation about the governor's last press conference. And uh, as a former journalist, I was really intrigued. First, I was annoyed. Intrigued? Uh, yes. Intrigued? Yeah, first, I was annoyed. Then I was then I was angry. And now I'm just really intrigued by the whole thing. Because if you happen to listen to the press conference, it was a giant mess. Um, the reporters there were just completely unprofessional. And I was going to play the game of guess the profession of the person who is speaking. And we can kind of play that game. But I'll just tell you, right, uh, th- these people are all reporters. But you wouldn't know that by listening to the the so-called questions of the individuals in, involved. So I'm going to go questions. That's, that's they're, an, they're again, not really not, questions. They're, they're sermons more than, more than anything. They're, they really play, play the first one, Dustin. We could talk about it a little bit. All right, here we go. Good afternoon, governor. I appreciate your time. Uh, you just reiterated something that you've been saying uh, for months that you want to leave this to local governments and uh, local authorities, local health districts. Um, at least two board members with the Central District Health have asked you to take action. As you know, uh, yesterday they were, uh, or I'm sorry, not yesterday, but the other night they were set to discuss a public health order that would theoretically prevent the spread of coronavirus, or at least make an effort. And they quite literally cannot meet because quite it's not literally. safe. It's not safe, uh, Governor. They're asking for your help. Uh, Will you help them? I mean, they quite literally cannot do their job, cannot implement that public health order. Will you help them? Yeah, that's a reporter. And that's Ruth Brown. I don't remember if we said her name or not. That's Ruth Brown. She's at the um, statesman. The statesman now, statesman. and and it's just. I mean, uh, she was practically crying. I, yes. I just couldn't believe that. Yeah, it it reminds me quite frankly of one of those like Sarah McLaughlin commercials with the with the sad dogs. Right? It's like, will you help them? And and that's exactly what Ooh, it is. We should have had music queued up. We should have had the the yeah. sad. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll uh, maybe I'll put that in in, in edit. Yeah, after, post that. There we go. Done. Do that. But but I do think it raises an interesting point which is you know these reporters are just they're unchained and and i think they they see themselves as the the vanguards of truth or the arbiters of truth and speaking for the people well the people are are very clear actually it, let me say this the people are uh, are divided and that's that's reflected in in you know you see cdh protests you see lots of you know comments online or whatever which people is is ruth brown speaking for is she speaking for all of them or is she speaking for just her select people that she wants to speak for. I think that's what's going and, on. And she wasn't done either. I mean, she went on after the um, after that question. She got another bite at the apple, and it was the same thing. Yeah, here we go. Sure, but what I'm saying is Central District Health, they're not planning to ask nicely. Their order would mandate it, and it would be um, punishable. Whether or not it will be enforced, who actually knows, but... They're at the point where their hospitals are so full that they want to mandate it, and they quite literally cannot meet to do that. So when I ask, will you help them, I'm asking, would you support them in their effort to 
move forward this order by I, I, Ruth, theoretically, I guess you have the authority Ruth to do it here. yourself. Ruth. That was just embarrassing. I don't even know how to how to say it. Uh, that was absolutely embarrassing. She put on the hat of the advocates for the mask mandate and and other or, health orders that the district was going to put in place and advocated on their behalf, like a like a uh, like not as a reporter, as as um, as an activist, yes. as how I would frame that. Yeah, you you. There's no difference between what she said and you know what you might get from somebody from the I don't know, like the ACLU or you know from Tommy Alquist, for example. I yeah. Mean, if I had asked you, is she a reporter? Listen to this clip. Is this a reporter talking? You would you would unequivocally say no. Yeah. You would never guess it. But of course, she wasn't the only. She one. wasn't the only one. Who do you have up next? Uh, this is uh, Rebecca Boone from the Associated oh, yes. Press. This one was good too. Here you go. Hi, Governor. Um, you've talked about the state being on the verge of um, crisis standards of care, which means that our state is on the verge of a humanitarian disaster. Disaster. Um, you've also said you think compliance on for things like mask mandates would be better if it comes from local leaders. But I think most health experts at this point would say any increase in compliance would be probably better than our current trajectory, the status quo. So um, I guess what I'd like to know is, do you think taking additional steps such as a mask mandate from you at the state wide level would actually cause harm? And if so, would that harm be worse than entering the crisis standards of care? And she asked again, uh, one or two more times, what harm would this cause? You know, I mean, uh, there's plenty of data out there that shows that masks don't do near as much as these reporters are claiming it does. But she's just an advocate for mask mandates. Yeah. They, they, you know, when I was watching this in real time on Twitter and, and the journalists were going crazy and people, they never, ever uh, entertain the idea that masks and all these these orders and lockdowns and restrictions aren't effective. It was this is our viewpoint what do you think about our viewpoint and why aren't you doing our viewpoint? There was never any humility in their approach to this press conference. Yeah. And a journalist might also say, so governor, what about the folks that are opposed to mask mandates? You live in a state that's, that's very independent minded, uh, uh, independent leaning, libertarian leaning in some respects. And um, uh, they don't necessarily uh, follow a particular party persuasion. What do you say to these folks that are being dictated by government? Yeah. yeah. That, that would have been a reasonable question. Yeah. And I, the, the one thing that I asked was, why don't journalists get this, that, that Idahoans are speaking? They, this is how, I hate to use the D word, but this is how democracy works. There are people who don't want a mask mandate and nobody is speaking for them yep. or they're being uh, easily uh, and quite frankly, uh, rudely dismissed by the journalists. I, it, again, it's just they're hostile to, to everything that freedom-minded people believe, but whatever. Now, the other fun thing is, so we've talked about reporters from the, uh, the statesmen and the Associated Press, and, and those folks are all funded by folks that choose to give money to those organizations and their contemporaries. But um, the next, oh our, oh ne our, our <laughs> next, our next subjects um, are funded by you. You get to pay by, for these people. By, by Wayne Hoffman and Dustin. Yep, whether, whether you want to or not. So here's Melissa Davlin from the Idaho uh, Public Television, or what we call government television, uh, asking <laughs> the governor the next question. Here we go. This is a follow-up to Scott's question, Governor. With respect, I've sat through all these press conferences, and I hear 
good news from you about the economy and all of these things that you're doing by calling the National Guard or all of the efforts that the hospitals are taking to hire more nurses. And meanwhile, these local officials who don't have the resources or frankly, the security that you do are making these difficult decisions. And I mean, that goes to even the declaration of crisis standards of care, which is on the director for the Idaho Department of Health and Welfare. So with respect, what difficult decisions are you willing to make as we get closer and closer to those crisis standards of care? Where does the buck stop? Ooh. Wow. I mean, that was a lecture. Yes. She wasn't asking a question. She was lecturing the governor. Yes. And now look, there are there are decisions that the governor's made uh, since March that I've hated and, and we've yeah. uh, opined about here at the Freedom Foundation. And there have been decisions he's made that we did like, but he's made a lot of decisions. I mean, I, you wouldn't argue that he hasn't made decisions. Correct. Um, that he's just not making the decisions that they want yes. right now. They want the economy shut down and they want everybody to be forced to wear masks and the governor to issue that edict. Yes. And, and I would point to point out to Melissa, you still need, even in a pandemic, you need an economy. You need people to go to work. You need people to earn money. What's the alternative? Well, she doesn't because her paycheck oh, is preserved. I mean, right. I don't know that she's worried about that. Yes. Yes. As long as, wow. That's, I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, no, I actually, no, you're not wrong. You're I actually wrong. like Melissa. I have I liked Melissa for years, and I think that she's one of the, the uh, better journalists or had been one of the better journalists until she decided to take off her journalist hat and become an activist. Yes. But, yeah. and she's also a public employee. So I don't think the being a public employee and an activist uh, fits uh, nor does being a public employee activist and journalist all come together. And she's managed to do all three at the same time. Yeah. She actually lectured her boss, by the way. I mean, <laughs> she did. I mean, I wouldn't, I don't know that I'd ever do that. So <laughs> no, you have, I don't, 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 don't okay. lie. Okay. Good point. I've, been, Good point. I've been lectured now, <laughs> lest you think that we're just picking on the ladies because that's how we do it here at the freedom foundation where, you know, we're all about, uh, uh, privilege and things. Yes. Um, we also pick on um, uh, a guy. Here's um, James Dawson from Boise State Public Radio. Hi, Governor. Thanks for taking my question. Um, what do you think that it says about us as Idahoans if your administration has to authorize crisis standards of care after uh, your administration and the state has had months to prepare and digest the science and uh, you know put out these public relations campaigns uh, about these prevention lessons that, you know, we could have taken in from other parts of the country and the world. I mean, you might ask, what does this say about a medical system that's financed by taxpayers that is unable to handle an emergency? Yeah. I mean, I would ask that question. Governor, uh, we give a lot of tax breaks, property tax breaks, sales tax breaks to these hospital systems. We also pay for their residents and training uh, what does that say about that system that we're subsidizing, but we can't seem to handle a crisis? Yeah, and I, it, it's kind of like the, for me, it was like, okay, so this is the same, like when somebody says, oh, you're on the wrong side of history. It's like, I, I don't care what anyone says about me. I'm going to do what's right. And I don't care about public opinion necessarily. So that, that, that was my objection to that question is, what does it say about us? Well, it says that we're independent minded, that we think for ourselves and we don't care what, what the, the taxpayer-funded journalists think about us. That, that would be my reaction, but that's just me. One more from James Dawson of Boise State Government Radio. It's true. You're right. It, you know, it is a significant issue in many states across the country, but uh, not many states have had to implement crisis standards of care. Why, um, you know, why has 
why have these lessons and your public relations strategy seemingly not gotten through to uh, people across the state? I mean, look, so he's saying a couple things there. He's talking about the governor's response to the uh, to the uh, coronavirus, but he's also talking about the knuckleheads in Idaho that refuse to wear masks and want to keep their businesses open and don't want to social <laughs> distance and want to celebrate Christmas and go to church. I mean, he's saying a lot of things about about Idaho in general that he just disapproves of, and how dare the governor not take additional steps to corral these independent-minded people to do whatever the public health experts want them to do. Yeah, and, and it, it goes back to the point where Idahoans are independent-minded and a, a statewide um, mask mandate from the governor would absolutely backfire. There are people who probably don masks right now that would say, well, to hell with the governor. I'm not doing what, what that guy in Boise says. I'm up here in Sandpoint or whatever. There would be some backlash. So, um, you know, I don't, again, they're they're... Brad Little has done a lot of good things during the pandemic. He's done a lot of bad things that I disagree with. But one thing that he's trying to do with masks and this stuff is, is use persuasion rather than force. And I can applaud that. I may, again, I still may disagree with it, um, but at least he's not using force. And he's trying to use uh, public relations techniques, if you will, to to gain that compliance that he seeks. That's well, way better. Yeah, and he's he's right, actually. He said something during the press conference that did not get a lot of coverage. He said, in fact, it got very little coverage. He said, listen, you folks that are asking me all these questions are all from the Treasure Valley. Yes. Uh, you're, you're not up in Orofino. You're not in Sandpoint. You're not in Chalice. You're not in Pocatello. You're not in Twin Falls. Uh, as you get out of the valley, you don't have to take very, you don't have to take very many steps to get out of the valley to realize that people aren't worth the, the moment you leave Boise as soon as you get to Meridian and Nampa even <laughs> um, people aren't starting to not wear masks you get to Adams County or you're in Custer County or even Idaho City up in uh, what is that Boise County or whatever? Boise County yeah, yeah I mean, they're not they're not wearing masks it's, not so it's like 19 it's like 2019 over there you yeah. know and and God bless them because they're doing what they believe is is best for them they're making their, their own choices now there are people who do wear masks um, but they're making those choices on their own. But here's the bottom line. The reason why we present this to you today is that if you can't get the reporters to ask decent questions, how can you get decent coverage? Yeah. I mean, there are just so many questions and so many topics that aren't being covered because the reporters are hell-bent to get a mask mandate. So they're scaring people with numbers. They're driving home the point that uh, people are dying. They're dying every day. Folks are getting sick. Look at the numbers. Here's our here's our latest tally on the number of cases and the number of um, uh, hospital beds filled and the number of um, uh, deaths. And and look, I'm not again. I I think you know, if you have the coronavirus, there are plenty of people I know who have had it, and it's terrible. I think I had it uh, a year ago, back before it was cool. In November of 2019, <laughs> I was social distancing and self-isolating before anyone knew what it was after I got back from a trip to Southeast Asia. All the symptoms, everything lines up, and it was not fun. Um, but for most people, you will survive. 99.9% .9 of us will survive and yet we're treating this as if it's the disease in The Walking Dead where folks die and they come back to life and they eat zombie brains. It's not like that. And the reason why we're behaving this way and responding to it this way is because of media hysteria, pure and simple. Right. Completely agree. And, and, and again, reporters who are just so locked onto this um, and they're controlling the narrative when, when going back to Davlin's question, you do have to have a functioning economy. You do have to have businesses that work or else you get suicides. And that's not yeah. what we want either. You see, you see 
occasionally the reporters uh, nationally will talk about that. You need all of this. You can't operate in a silo where you focus on one set of numbers and you don't look at, you know, what what economic uh, uh, oblivion or disaster means for for Idahoans too. That's exactly right. So I, I just wanted to bring that to your attention because a lot of folks don't understand the nuts and bolts of the stories that they're seeing. They're not hearing the whole story. They're not getting the full coverage because it starts with the questions that are being asked and the personal opinions of the questioners. And just one other thing, if you really want insight into the opinions of these reporters, check them out on social media. Oh yeah. They're out of control. I yes. mean, if you they're they're barely asking cogent questions to their to the governor, but you should see what they're saying and you know, the backslapping they're doing with each other on Twitter, for oh, example. Yeah. Oh, way to go asking those tough questions and you know, the governor deserves to be put on the on on a you know in the spotlight on the hot seat because of his failure to do all the things that he should do to prevent the crisis standards of care and yada yada. I mean it's just it's really bad. Well and when you see I, I kind of like externalize this a little bit because I always hate the media like ninety nine point <laughs> nine five percent of the time. I hate the media. But Brad Little's press secretary, uh, Marissa Morrison Heyer, um, she was a journalist and she's always been deferential and respectful to the media. She even went so far as to call out one of the Boise State uh, or Idaho Statesman uh, writers last week during this this awful press conference. Um, and so when she's saying that, you know that like my, my judgment and your judgment of the media is bad or, or excuse me, spot on. Um, it's, it's really bad. And so... Uh, I wish I had a solution for you. I, the, I wish the, the solution is don't believe the liberal media. I think, you know, Mark yeah. Twain was right. You know, those who um, don't read the paper are uninformed. Those who do are misinformed. Yeah. And, um, and that really follows through to this. Don't, don't call me and said, Hey, I read this in the media and I can't believe you're doing this because they're just untruthful. I, I actually said in, in January, I don't want to talk to another reporter. I haven't talked to a reporter all year, except I made some exceptions for some national and international folks that I had no dealings with, but I don't talk to Idaho reporters at all because of how bad they are. Yeah. It's, it's no fun. And I've made a point as, as Wayne's press guy and IFF's press guy, uh, everything that I do with reporters is on the record, uh, meaning I don't I don't do phone calls with them because they will spin everything that I say because um, that's just who they are, unfortunately. Dustin, uh, our chief uh, diversity officer and vice president, thank you again for joining me on my podcast. Yeah, I would. You know what? It's been my privilege. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, it has been your privilege. Yes. Look that word up. OK, <laughs> thanks again. We'll talk to you again next time. You've been listening to the Hoftime Report with Wayne Hoffman. Be sure to visit IdahoFreedom.org for Wayne's articles, IFF research, and show notes from today's episode.